Here we go. At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all those who are watching live via Facebook or via YouTube. Hello, First Christian Church. Hello, Bowie City Church. I'm glad to be back here live in front of you guys this morning. I'm Pastor Dion Bolding, and I'm lead pastor of Bowie City Church as we partner with First Christian Church. So we're here at our building as we're still moving through this pandemic with uh, everybody else. So you're probably at home watching uh, in your living room or couch, the phone, in the kitchen, wherever it may be, we're glad you're here. What we love for you to do is to share this stream, to share. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the share button, share out to all, all those, put it on your Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever it may be. Same thing, thing on Facebook. If you're in at Bowie City on there, share it. That would be great so people know they can come here on Sunday mornings to get a, a word from God and to engage with each other. We're glad we're in 2021. Uh, started off starting off hockey for some of us, but, but we're, we know God's in control. We are in a series entitled The Power of, of Word, Power of Words. So we're going to be talking about that, that this morning. Jason set it up great uh, last week, and if you missed that sermon, go back to our YouTube channel and, or, and see that sermon, listen to it as, as it sets up for this sermon this morning. We're just going to move into a time of worship again. We have videos that have been prepared from the Turpins, and so we could worship together. Uh, so as we sing the songs, again, sing them. Sing them at your home. Even if you're not the best singer, sing them. Because you're not singing for those who, who are listening. You're singing to the Lord. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to move into a, a song of worship, and then we'll get into the word this morning. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the, the great God you are. And God, we thank you that we are here for 2021. God, so many around the world did not make it to this year. And so we say thank you. Thank you that you give us another day. That means you have something for us to accomplish. You still have something for us to do. Uh, and Lord, we want to be sensitive to what you're say saying and doing in our lives. And God, we know that right now we, there's unrest in our country. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would come and your will be done here in the United States of America, in our homes, and our lives. And Lord, at this time of this time together, we would give our hearts and minds to you in worship, that we'll sing this song in our hearts, out loud, with our voices, to bring glory and honor to you. We don't sing for ourselves. We don't sing for those who are listening. We sing for our audience of one. So let's worship in spirit and truth. We thank you, God. We expect you to meet with us here and have a word for us this morning. It's all things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's worship.
Awesome, awesome. You are amazing guy. Indescribable. I love that song. I love it, love it. And able, glad we're able to sing it together. Uh, again, thank you, Turpins, for uh, providing a song for us. And we look forward to uh, new songs for the rest of the 2021 year. And hopefully, we do them together eventually. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We are in the second week of a series called Powerful Word, The Power of Words. And God has a great message, I believe, for you this morning when it comes to talking about words. Words, language. See, language is the greatest gift that God has given to us that sets up us apart from other creation, other creatures. See, other creatures, other part creation, other animals, they, 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 have, they have communication. They're able to, but we communicate with words, with spoken word. We use words all day long. We use words like 8,000 words, 5 to 8,000 words for a guy and 10,000 plus for, for a female. So that's, that's what females have more words to say. That's how guys wire them. We use them all the time. There's, there's words all around you. If you look around the room that you're in, there's words. I can see words around me, words that tell me a direction, words that give me uh, data, words that give me uh, entertainment. They're all around us. We can't escape them. If you open a book or you open a newspaper, a magazine, you will see hundreds or thousands of words. Words are, are an important part of our life, very important part of our life. I recall some of the you know, phrases that resonate with me, words that resonate with me since I, I was a child all the way up to, to today. So I, I was going to share some of them. As I was reading this, these came to mind and heart in no particular order. But these are some powerful phrases. These are words that, that have stuck with me as a, as a child and even to adults where I am now. Phrases like words like touchdown Washington. Now, we didn't get to hear that as often as we need, needed to hear it so we could win uh, last night. But 
that phrase, those words bring joy to my household. There's never a time where those, the, the, those two words, touchdown Washington, made us upset. We were all excited, happy from my household to when I was a kid, to my grandparents, my granddad. It's a, a phrase that means, uh, brings joy to our, our, to our family. Another phrase, some words that resonate with me is, I have a dream. Those words still resonate and echo today from March on Washington in the 60s, from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the dream of having people united under one being who God created us to be. I have a dream. Words like, go for the gold. Now, that may not resonate with you, but it does for me. This is a phrase my father would say every morning, Monday through Friday, when he got dressed, put his suit on, and got his bag, his briefcase. I know most people don't dress that way to go to work anymore, uh, but he did working for the federal government. And before he walked out the door to go into his car, he would say, okay, boys, go for the, and then we would have to respond with gold, like G-O-L-D, gold. And what he was communicating to us is that it's important for you to strive for the best, to be the best, give, give your best effort, try to, to be first, not in first like you have to win all the time, but to, to do your best in school, on the playground, with your teachers, with your friends, at home, go for the gold, go for the best. Other phrase that resonated with me, what kind of came to mind in my heart is, whatever you say can and will be used against you, and we know that to be in the court of law, Whatever you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. But it's really true, too, for you if you're, you're on social media. Whatever you, say and can, whatever you say can and will be used against you on your Facebook post, or on your, your Twitter, or on your, your TikTok, or on your Instagram, it's very true statement, uh, even today. So be careful. Be careful what you say and don't say. Another phrase. My, my grandmother and my mom have said this to us when we were little boys, and it wasn't, didn't say it too often, but we understood the context of what it meant. It would go something like this. We're going out, and, and if it's to the mall or just out in public, and my mom, mom or my grandmother has said, now when we go out, look to us three boys. When we go out here, don't act a color. And you're like, whoa, that's a kind of a heavy statement to say. But what they were communicating is, don't act the way people expect little black boys to act. You're going to act like you're a child of God. You're going to act like you love each other. You're going to act like, like you're a bolding. Not, we, my parents will make sure that we, you do act the way you're supposed to act. But that re- resonated. It wasn't said often. It wasn't something that was pounded to our head. But I just remember that, and it stuck with me. It resonated with me. Even to this day, I don't act the way people expect me to act or tell me to act the way God tells me to act the way I was supposed to, to love and to be. It's ready with me. Here's another one. One, a, a, one of the few sermons I remember as a kid, I don't remember much. I don't remember my sermon I preached four weeks ago. But remember this sermon line from when I was 16, 17 years old from Pastor George Anderson, where he pulled up a chair. I can vividly see and remember this sermon where he says, God talks to me and God talks to you question is, are you listening? And when he said that, it just, man, it just stuck with me. I don't know why that line stuck with me, but it does, still does today, that God talks to me and God talks to you. The question is, are you listening? And I'm continuing my life on knowing that God talks to me. I just have to make sure, am I listening? Two phrases my wife said to me, or my now wife, but two phrases. We've been knowing each other since 2000, but 2001 is where we actually started knowing each other and dating. So for the last 19, 20 years, I've known her, but these two phrases have uh, changed my life. When she said, I do, on July 25th, 2003, that was, man, man, made me the happiest man in my life. That phrase, I do. And then she said another phrase a couple years later where she said, I'm pregnant and made me the happiest husband in, in the world. Those two, two phrases, I thank God for her. And I thank God that she said those phrases and they've played out great in my life. Uh, one of my great, two of my great, greatest joys is those two phrases. And a lot of awesome. And it's just something she says. Uh, she says, always remember or know that God loves you and know that God is good. God is good. 
you talk to my mom long enough, you hear her say, God is good. God is good. Those phrases stick with me. Those words stick with me. And we say things often when it comes to word. We'll say, what's the good word? Or you ask the question of, what's the latest word on dot, 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 dot? What's the latest word on my package finally getting to my house from UPS or USPS from Christmas? What's the latest word on the stimulus check? What's the latest word on the pandemic? What's the latest word on the weather? What's the latest word from your teachers um, with your, your grade or your project? What's the latest word from work? We say things like that because we know words are important. There's phrases, thing, phrases like, there, now there's a person, there's a man, there's a woman, a few words. What does that mean? That means that they don't speak often, but when they do speak, we listen. Because they usually have something of value to say. I really uh, think the person that comes to my mind is Milford Craig. Milford's not a very chatty, chatty, chatty kind of person. But when he does speak, I'm listening because he doesn't speak that often. But there's always something when he does say, he brings value. Person of few words. Or to be said, now, imagine this. I come to you and say, okay, now, look, I have a, I have a question for you, and I want you to answer. Well, I want you to choose your words wisely when you answer. If I phrased it that way, it would give you this kind of like, uh, uh, uh-oh, like, what? Uh, you put you on edge a little bit. Choose your words wisely. Now, when I ask you this question, I want you to choose your words wisely. That is an understatement of the year. Choose your words wisely when you respond to others. And lastly, we try to do we do our best as parents, teachers, authorities, leaders, uh, especially when it comes to little kids, to have them not say you know, certain four-letter words. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you struggle with saying some four-letter words. I'm not saying I have it, but no, I'm usually in my head. And I got to go, oh, God, please, like, like, oh, I can't talk that way in my head either. Four-letter words. Words are important. What I'm communicating are they are important, y'all. They're important. They have power, as Jason said last week. Again, if you missed that sermon, even though though I wasn't preaching, I listened to the sermon, I was like, yes, Jason, you're so on it. Words have power. Words have a great power because the importance of what they hold to our communication. See, God demonstrated the power of words when he chose to use words as the means of communicating to us and how we are to communicate with each other. Now, we know there's other ways to communicate with each other. There's body language and there's you can talk with just your eyes you can talk with just like not saying anything how you're presenting yourself yes we know that but words are the chief motive of how we communicate and that is powerful and if you're not sure if you don't know this that the God, that the bible jason laid it out last week and i'm not going to use any verses he used last week but the bible has a lot to say about words so let's go through some of them let's go through some of these scriptures it says Words reveal your thoughts. The words you use reveals your thoughts. In Matthew chapter 12, 34, this is Jesus here, and he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees here. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That is heavy right there, y'all. It's heavy, uh, First Christian. It's heavy, Blue City Church. The words from your mouth, that's what your heart is full of. So how you speak is a reflection of what's inside. Not only that, the Bible says that words make us unclean. Again, that is heavy. Words make us unclean. I'm not just saying that's what Dion says. This is what the Bible says. This says this in Matthew 15, 17 to 18. This is Jesus talking again. He says, don't you see that whatever enters your mouth goes into your stomach and then out of your body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth comes from their heart, and these defile them. Jesus said, we understand the process of putting food in our mouth and going to our stomach and it exiting our body. We get that process. Food in the mouth, exit the body. But he says, what comes out of the mouth is from the heart. And those things that come out of your mouth, that is what defiles you. That what shows your true colors. That shows what's inside of you. That makes you unclean. That is heavy. So in the midst of your anger, in the midst of your frustration, in the midst of your disappointment, it's about what you say in the midst of that, what shows you 
the condition of your heart. Because emotion is not driven, solely driven out of the heart. It's just a reflection of what's going on in your heart by the words you say. So be careful, little mouths, what you say. It goes on, says another one. The Bible says that people use empty words to deceive. The Bible says that people use empty words to deceive. It says this in Ephesians 5 and 6. This is Paul saying, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. You know, I don't know if you're like missing out on some God's wrath. And you're like, oh, sign me up for some God's wrath. Sounds like a good time. All you, if, you, if that's you, all you have to do is disobey. All you have to do is give some empty words, and you will have God's wrath upon you. But I don't think any of us want some, like, we're like missing a dose of God's wrath. But God's saying, uh, be careful of empty words. Be careful of people who speak empty words, because what comes upon them is God's wrath. So do not be deceived. Do not be led astray. Find words that are full of truth and hope and love and not words that are empty. The Bible goes on to say, we should set an example with our words. We should set an example with our speech. This verse I'm going to share is, is the youth ministry verse. I was a youth pastor for nine years. I'm still the acting youth pastor. Hi, kids. I'm sorry there was no youth group this past Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll have it again. But I'm a youth pastor at heart. I love youth. I will always have a bent towards youth ministry and young adult ministry uh, reaching, uh, reaching them. But this verse, I've used it several times. And so it starts off with, it's 1 Timothy 4.12. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, do not let anyone look down on you uh, because you're young. So I'm going to stop there. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Now, this is how I like to use the verse because I'm not in the bracket of young anymore. But if somebody's older than you, then you're younger than them, therefore you're young. That's how, I, that's how I see it. So you're still young. You're young at heart, young in mind, young in spirit. There might be somebody older than you, and they, therefore, if they're older than you, then you're younger than them, so you're young. So don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But it says, he goes on to say, set the example for the believers in your speech, life, love, faith, and purity. Set the example for who? Set the example for the believers. Set the example for the believers. So how you speak is sets example for the believers, not the non-believers, not those who aren't Christians, because they don't understand why you speak the way you speak. They're not going to understand why you love the way you love and why you live the way you live and why you have the faith you have and why you're pure and heart as you are. They don't understand that. So we set the example for the believers. And the first thing we do is in how we talk, the words we use, sets an example. And the Bible has more examples about our words. It said, the Bible says that uh, the word of God, like the Bible is the word of God. Psalms 119.30 says, the unfolding of your words gives light and it gives uh, gives understanding to the simple. Now, if you know me, that's talking to me. I'm a simple dude. I'm simple. One of my favorite meals is peanut butter jelly sandwich, barbecue potato chips, and a pickle. Like, that's simple. Like, that, I don't, like, I don't know how simple. It's not filet mignon or some crazy dish. I'm the, like, simple, simple guy. So the Bible unfolds God's word, gives light, so we can understand it, so the simple can understand it. Now, I can wax deep with some of the deep people. It's just not my go-to. It's not, it's not how I process. God's word says... It gives light to us and helps us have understanding of this complex life we live. See, God's word was spoken first. God's word was first spoken. It says it in Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be, and there was. He didn't think it. He didn't like it. Imagine it. He said it. And there it was. And God spoke directly to Adam and Eve. And he spoke directly to some others. And later he spoke through prophets. And he's spoken through other objects. He's spoken through angels. God has spoken through visions and dreams. 
God gave us his word, his literal word. This is, this is literally God's word. In the book of Timothy, it says that this is God breathed, like God breathed his word into this book. Literally, like the breath of God into this, like life. We need God's word in our life. We need his breath in our lives. If you find yourself in a place of death or find a place of like struggling for life, and let's say, for example, if you were here right now in this presence in, in this church and you were having cardiac arrest and you needed CPR and I came over and I started to pump on your chest, you would need me. Your, your body would require me to breathe my breath into you so you could live. That is literally what God's word is for us. It is his breath that causes us to live. Powerful. We need his words, all of them, to live out our lives. But here's my question. You gotta set this up. Yes, we need words, and they've been powerful, and they move this in directions, and it's great. But was my question to you is, what if you just had one word? What if God spoke to you with just one, like one singular word, like the power of one word? We know words have power, but one word has power as well. I just wrote down some words as I got to put this in my heart. He's like, I just wrote down words that were very, like, that's just has some power, mean something, some, some resonance within us. So I'm just going to go through this list and let's see how it resonates with you. Words like, Cancer, play, baby, live, life, death, words like pray, power, money, taxes, sin, love. Smile, laugh, forgiven, mercy, grace, love, Jesus. The power of just one word. Church, there is power in one singular word from God. There are two powerful moments where Jesus spoke one word. He actually spoke the same word in two different instances. And that one word not only changed the life of 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 that person that was there, but changed the lives of those around them. Two instances, same word used. First one is with the incident with Mary and Martha. You know, Martha and Mary, Mary and Martha, they're two sisters. And they had cast their confidence in Christ to the side because Mary Martha had a brother named Lazarus and their brother died and Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And because since Jesus wasn't there, Lazarus died. And this, is, this happens, you can read this in John chapter 11. I'm just going to read the two verses with it. John chapter 11, 20 and 21. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. I'm just stop there. I'm just, I don't want to skip over this. Some of you, you're one of these two women. Some of you, when you go through your problems, when you go through your struggles, you say, I need to get to Jesus. I need to tell him about my problems. I need to tell him about my struggle. You tell him I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm hurt. I need to get to Jesus. That's Martha. Then some of you are like Mary, who's like, I'm done. I'm not going to go see Jesus. I'm staying right home. I'm staying right where I am. I'm just, I'm too hurt. I don't even can't even come to God. I don't, how, how could he do this to me? And my question, oh, which one are you responding to when you find yourself in a desolate place, when you find yourself in hurt and pain and things did not go the way you want? Are you going to respond like Martha and take your problems to Jesus? and have a confront with Jesus, or are you going to stay home? And now you go see God. Now you bring it to God. So let's find out what happens. 
let's find out what happens. Verse 21. So we know in verse 20, the Martha went to see uh, Jesus, Mary stay home. 21 says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Oh, pain in those words. Heaviness in that. Same kind of situation happened to a man named Jairus. See, Jairus was a synagogue leader. His daughter had died in a household of Jairus, had cast their confidence aside in Jesus because Jairus, who was this religious leader, synagogue leader, daughter died. And so in the book of Mark, chapter 5, it says this. It gives, it gives what's happening. Verse 35 it says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Check this out. Two different instances happened where somebody or their family had passed away, and they said, what? where were you, God? God, where were you? God, where were you in 2020? God, where were you in instances that happened throughout our country? God, where were you at my, at my job? God, where were you when this person I knew passed away? God, where were you? And that's what they're asking. Where are you? Where were you? And there's a powerful, it's powerful when the word was given. Because God, Jesus says the same thing to both instances. He comes to Jarvis' house. He comes to the daughter. And he goes to where Lazarus is. And he goes to where he has been buried. And he says the same word to the both of them. He speaks life into both of them. And he says, rise. And Lazarus came forth. And, and, and Jarvis' daughter, the same thing. She woke up and he says, rise, come forth. The same word was spoken and life happen in church, I want to tell you that God may be speaking it into your life and says, it is time to rise. And I don't know where you need to rise. I don't know if you need to rise in your finances. I don't know if you need to rise in your parenting. I don't know if you need to rise in your relationship with your brother or sister or with your parents. Don't know if you need to rise in your marriage. But God says, I came to bring life. And if you are here on this earth, there's more for you to do. So rise, get up, go do what I've called you to do. Say what I've called you to say. Live the way I've called you to live. Speak the way I've called you to speak. But get up. 2020s and behind. I know 2021's here, but rise. And that's what Jesus said to Lazarus. And that's what he said to Jairus' daughter. Rise. And I don't know where he's telling you that. He may not be telling you that. But some of you, it's time to get up. And it's time to rise. We fully understand the power of God's word. We understand the authority of God's word. It's like a judge who's able to say guilty or pardon. We understand it. But what if God, what if God, what if I were to tell you that it is possible for God to give you one specific word? And this is not something that's not biblical. We, we know that if you go through Old Testament, if you've done any Old Testament studies, that there's times in the Jewish culture where there's a year of harvest. There's a year of rest. There's a year of, of uh, sabbatical. There's years of repentance. There's years of sorrow. There's years of jubilee. Like, they're, they're, they focus on one word. What if God has one word for you for 2021? What if? My prayer is that he does. I believe he does. Because I continue to say, God is always talking. He talks to me, and he's talking to you. The question is, are you listening? I don't know the word that God has for you. But the word he does have for you is probably a powerful word. See, the word that he does have for you probably will bring you focus. The word he has for you might bring you some clarity. The word that God has for you might bring you some perspective. And Again, I don't know what it is, but he's talking to you. And he's talking to me. He's talking to First Christian Church. He's talking to Bowie City Church. The question is, are you listening So I thought I would share some of the words that God has given me throughout the years to help me focus, to live and see how God's going to move and do. And so the first time I ever did this, that this, that God has a word and I believe that he did have a word and wanted to speak to me through one word was in 2018. And the word that he shared with me said that my word was greater. There it is right there. Greater. Put it in front of him. There it is. Bam. Greater. Word greater. And God said in 2018, Dion, I'm going to show up greater in your life. And I said, oh, okay, God, don't know what that means, 
but it showed up greater. And I can't give the full testimony. I've given it before, but God showed up greater than I've ever seen him show up in our lives. From where we, our landlord at the time said he was going to sell his house and we had to move out and we did not have, we had nowhere close to a down payment. And it was God, not only did he give us a house that we should not have been in on paper, that he gave me a check out of the out of the blue that gave me a down payment for the house that we should not be in. But he also gave my wife a job that almost doubled her salary when she didn't even want to go to the job. God just showed up greater. And I was like, okay, God. Okay. 2000, and, and there's more examples than that. Greater in our lives in 2018. So then I was like, okay, I'm on this one word thing. The next word, next year, I was like, what's the next word, God? What's the next word? And so he gave me this word, increase. All right, so we, 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 we decreased the budget. Like, this, that was, those were too expensive. So we went down to, like, these little tiny canvases. Like, I can't be spending that much money. Uh, so we got these little canvases, and so we painted the word, and it just increased. 2019, God says, down. I want your word to be increased. And I said, okay. And God said, I'm going to show you how I'm going to increase. I'm going to show you how to live out of your increase. And then in 2019, we gave more money than we have before in the church. In 2019, God increased in my life, increased in my marriage. God increased in my relationship with my children. God increased me as a parent. He increased my influence uh, with the, the school, that are, the Booth High School. The increase was great, but God said, that's not the end of it, Dion. I want to increase my relationship with you. And in 2019, church, I read more of the Bible than I ever read. In 2019, Lord, I, I, I prayed more than I ever prayed. In 2019, I memorized more scripture than I have ever memorized. I spent more time with God than I ever. God told me in 2019, I'm telling you, he talked to me, get up at 3 o'clock. I was getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning spending hours with God before I did anything else. And you know what else increased? I had more problems increase in 2019. More difficulties increased. But God said, this is why you need more. This word, focus on it. And it was Great. I was wonderful how God increased in my life in 2019. And then 2020 came. No, last year. And God gave us this word. And this is, this is the first time I applied a word to our church. So I had just applied it to my life. But in 2000, uh, 2020, we're like, this is going to work for the church as well. God had it for the church as well. And it's the word new. Right there. New. And the God was like, we're, I'm doing new things. And I was pumped up. Like, even though I'm a creature of habit and I don't really like change that much, I do like new. I love new stuff. Anybody else like new stuff? If you like new stuff, say yes, amen in, in, in the contents. I love new stuff. New shoes, new money, uh, new clothes, new food. Like, I, I like new stuff. So I was like, okay, God, I don't like the news in some ways, but some I'm going to show up new. And so the year started off awesome. We did something new we had never done. We went to Disney World in January. That was new. Kids were like, we get them in school? Bet. Like, awesome. I love this new thing. Like, we, I'm down with the new thing. We went to Disney World. It was great. And then March 13th happened. And it was new, you know, because COVID was new. Uh, coronavirus wasn't necessarily new, but COVID-19 of coronavirus was new. And it changed the way we did church. We didn't do church the old way anymore. We were doing church a new way. And we weren't really liking the new. And since March 13th, us as Bowie City Church have only met twice in person as church. Once on Easter morning, and then once on, in October, and once the, they tried to let us come back, and they shut that back down in October. And I preached a sermon saying, we said this a couple weeks ago, I preached a sermon saying that God said, you're, you're going to be in a church. I'm going to give you church. We didn't know it was going to be in 2020, but you're going to be in a church building. And it's going to be new. It's going to be new to you guys. And and as we're going through this pandemic, Jason said, well, do you got any word on a new church? Like, you got, we, we're meeting in your kitchen, bro. Like, you got, you got a church in your back pocket or something? And then September 1st happened. When September 1st happened, I met the leadership up here at First Christian Church. And God is doing a new thing in 2020 that's extended to 2021. And God has a new word for me this year. So I'm going to share it. I have not shared it publicly. Those some people know it, but have a new word. I haven't painted it yet because we haven't done the paint night. But the new word is going to be on the screen. It's the word coalesce. 
And you're like, Dion, I thought you said you're a simple guy. Like, that's, that's not a simple, that ain't a simple word. I don't even know what coalesce means. Coalesce. Coalesce means we take parts to come together to make or form a whole. That's what coalesce means. And it's not a new word to me. It's actually a word that's from my past as a youth pastor that kind of just stayed back there. We did an event and we called it coalesce. But as I was praying, God, what do you want to say to me into 2021? Coalesce. It was loud and clear. And I told Jason, I was like, Jason, I got my word. I know my word. I shared with him. He's like, okay, that's, that's your word. What does it mean? I was like, I'm still working out how it means in my life. And I feel like I think I do know what it means in my life, in my family, in my own life, and with the church. But coalesce, where parts come together to form or make a whole. And God's going to show up like he's did in other years, how what coalesce really means in my life. And my question to you is great for me to have a word for me, and it's great for me to have a word for the church to kind of move through. But what about for you? You can say, Dion, Pastor D, I, that's awesome. How do you even get a word? Like, how does that even happen? I'm going to go through this as we move to the end of the sermon. If you want a word, this is the process I use. There's other processes. You can look it up online. We can give resources how to find a word. But this is what I use, and this is what I encourage you to do. If it requires you to take a lap, and you're like, here he goes. Here goes Mr. Fit. There's the guy who wants to exercise. No, no, just go with me. Take a lap. It stands for something. L-A-P, lap. And the first thing, I can't get away from it, is listen. For me to receive my word requires me to listen, for me to ask God and for me to listen and to be aware and be acute to what God is saying throughout different situations where I was like, oh, that's probably my word. So you have to listen. So listening would be require you. Are you hearing repetitive messages and a specific theme? Are you hearing the same word, the same theme over and over? It's just showing up in your life. You're like, okay, are you listening for that? And you have to accept what comes without having a full understanding. I don't have a full understanding what coalesce is going to mean yet. I don't. I, I know the word, define the word, but I don't know how it's going to fully play out. Just like I didn't know how new it was going to play out. I didn't know how great it was going to play out or increase was going to play out. But listen. The second one after listen for a lap is abbreviate. You have to narrow your focus. Because you might get all these different words and all these different things to focus on. And, like, I get it. Like, not all of those things are bad or good. But what I'm saying is, I believe God wants to speak to you one word. If you ask for one word, why would he not give you one word? So to abbreviate, to narrow your focus, it's better to give your, atten- your full attention to one main word than to hundreds of other words. So narrow it down. The Holy Spirit, I, I believe the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I believe God will lead you and guide you to that one word. So you're going to listen, you're going to abbreviate, you're going to filter out to that one word, focus down to one word. And once you have it, then the next thing is P's. You're going to plan. Come up with a few ideas of how you're going to use your word. Now, this may not happen the way you think it was. I guarantee you in July or January last year, what we thought how new was going to show up, it didn't happen. Like none of, none of that happened. But God showed up. But it's not wrong to have a plan. It's just to give your plan to God and say, God, what do you want to do? So I have a plan for my word for Coalesce for my life and for my family's life, even for the church life, both churches, if, if we move in this direction. Lap, listen, abbreviate, focus down, and have a plan when God speaks. Because there's nothing like God's word in your life. There's nothing like having God's word in your life. And especially the word. If you don't know what I mean by the word, you can open your Bible and turn to John chapter 1. It's not going to be on your screen. But John chapter 1 talks about the word. And it says this. It's it's John here writing about it. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. So he was with God in the beginning. And through him, All things were made. Without him, nothing that has been made has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And then came a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light, but the true light that gives life 
was coming into the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But those that received him, those that believe upon his name, he gave the right to be called children of God, not born of natural sin or a human decision or a father's will, but born by God. And then the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who was sent from the father, full of grace and truth. And this was John's testimony when he, concerning him when he said, this is, the one I, this is the one I spoke of when I said, the one who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And we have received grace in place of grace already given. See, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And nobody has seen the Father. No one has seen God except God himself, who has a closer relationship with the Father. And this is Jesus Christ is the word. Jesus is the word. Your life is not complete unless you have the word in your life. So there's one thing for God to give you a word. It's another thing for you to accept his word in your life. And the most powerful thing, the most powerful word that God could ever say to you happened. An example of it happened in John chapter 20, church, and close with this, John chapter 20. What happened in John chapter 20 is right after Jesus had died and Jesus was crucified on a cross, had this illegal trial and his peers and subjects had released a murderer and had him killed, an innocent man. And he died on the cross and he was placed in a tomb. And on the third day, Mary Magdalene, not the mother of Mary, not his, his mother Mary, but Mary Magdalene, who was a devout follower. She loved Jesus. She followed Jesus. She came to the tomb to finish preparing the body. And so she went to the tomb, and when she went there, the stone had already been rolled away. So she went inside, and she saw two, two men, two angels there, one at the head, one at the feet, and they asked her a question. They say, why are you crying? They ask her, what why are you crying? Who are you looking for? They asked her. And Mary was like, I, I don't know where they've taken his body. If you know where they've taken his body, please tell him. Please tell me. I will go get him. I don't know where they've taken my Lord. Where have you put him? And then Mary turned and saw Jesus standing there. And as she saw, saw Jesus standing there, she did not recognize him. She did not recognize him because maybe her eyes were full of tears. Maybe she didn't recognize him because her head, her head was in her hands and she was weeping. Maybe she didn't recognize him because her head was bowed and maybe her hair was over her face. I, don't, I think she didn't recognize him because she was looking for a dead body, but my Lord is alive. Jesus is not dead. My God is not dead. He's surely alive. And he's living on the inside of me, and Mary is looking for a dead body, but Jesus was alive, and so she did not recognize him. And God is not dead in your life either. He's not. He's alive. You just need to recognize that he's alive in your life. You just need to see that he's alive in your life. You have to see that he's no longer this person that you looked at who's hung on a cross. The tomb is empty for a reason, not because somebody took his body, because he's alive, woke up, and got out of there. Mary didn't recognize him because she's looking for a dead Jesus. And so Jesus, not being recognized by Mary, said, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Mary must have thought that he was the gardener, the tender of the tombs. And so Tearfree replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where he is, and I will go get him. And at this point, Jesus didn't say, It's me. I've risen, just like I said it would, dry those tears. Nor did he have this, this extravagant proclamation about who he was in this pomp and circumstance that he is risen. He didn't wait to have a large crowd gather. He didn't wait to go on Facebook Live and for the room to fill up and for him to say, I'm alive. No. What he did was he talked to the audience of one. 
He spoke to his most faithful disciple. He spoke one singular word to her that changed her life. This lone word that's usually written in red when you read John 20, this one word that had so much hope, this one word that had so much meaning, this one word that had so much love, had so much care for her, this one word that had the gospel all in it. And he looked at her, he looked her right in the eye, and what he said to her was, Mary, Jesus spoke her name and what God can do. The most powerful thing that he could do is for him to say your name. He is saying your name. He's continually to speak your name. He is saying your name. He's saying Mark. He's saying Mary. He's saying Michelle. He's saying Rachel. He's saying John. He's saying Brian. He's saying Peter. He is saying your name. That's the most powerful word that he ever say out of his mouth is your name. And I call and pray that God will continue to call your name and that you will respond to her name because when he said her name, it changed her life. She realized that he is no longer dead, that the Jesus, her Savior, is alive and he is calling her name. And not this one word, if it's the only word you receive, is that God is calling your name. He's saying it. He's speaking it. The question is, Are you listening? Let us pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you call our name in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the toils, in the midst of what's going on in our country, God. Things that we saw this week we never thought we would ever see. In the midst of that, you're still calling our name. You're still calling the name of our country. You're still calling the name of your church. You're still calling our name. The question is, are you listening? Do you recognize when Jesus is calling your name? And God, I thank you that Mary recognized when Jesus said her name, that she recognized it was him. Let us be a church. Let us be a people. Let us be a nation. That when you call our name, we hear and we listen and we obey. And it brings us hope and it brings us peace and it brings us joy and it brings us strength. God, continue to call our name. And God, we also ask that you would give us a word, that we would listen, God, that we would focus down, we would abbreviate down to what you're saying, God, and we would have a plan that you, and, and prepare, and that we would pray that with word you give us, you would show up mightily in that word. That is our prayer. That is our hope. And there's anybody here who has never responded to their name being called by Jesus. Let this be the day to say, I give my life to Jesus. I want my name written in the book of life. I fully accept and believe and confess that Jesus is Lord and he will deliver me from my sins and I will spend eternity with him and I have the faith to move on. I will give my life fully to him. Now we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word you will give us. We thank you for the words in your Bible that breathe life into us. And God, let us be mindful of the words we say and the words we believe. And the words that may lead us astray, let the, we pray against the enemy's plans and schemes to use words to deceive, and to break, and to cause disunion, and to divide. God, let us be people who speak your word in spirit and truth. We thank you, Lord. It's all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If this is you. If this is if you find yourself saying I need to respond to God, He's been calling my name. I haven't. I haven't responded. Please let us know. Please, in a message, say that's me. Hey, when somebody talk to me, I feel like God is calling my name. I don't know what to do next. If you're still looking for your word that God has not, you haven't felt like God has received, given you a word to receive this year yet. You have time. Continue to pray. Continue to listen. Continue to bear down on it. We as a church, we're going to take opportunity to to share our words together, to do a paint night, to send out canvases. Jason shared it last week at the end of the sermon. We are figuring out a way to do that, to get canvases to you, and to do a whole event. We're going to let that know probably towards the end of the month if we put plans together. But God will give you word if you ask for it. If you need to respond to God calling your name, let us know. We will help you through that process. We're going to move to a a time where we're going to opportunity to give, and then we're going to close in worship. And your opportunity to give, there's a video that's going to play that will tell you how you can give, why you should give, between the two churches. 
so that's your opportunity. It's an extension of your worship. It is not the giving to me. You're not giving to this building. You're giving back to God. You understand that, fully accept that. Whatever God's called you to give, that you would give full heartily and joyfully as a church. And then we're going to close in a time of worship. Before we leave, I just want to if you have, if you need someone to talk to during this time, it's so stressful, the pandemic and the election and what's happening, the unrest, everything that's happened this past week here in, in Washington, D.C., message me, email me, send me a text message. Same thing with Pastor Jason, David, and Godfrey, the, the leaders. Like, if you need someone to reach out to, you can. We're all, we all are trying to process this and love this, uh, love people through this, bring unity where we can, not be divisive. So reach out. You're not alone. But we're going to give this time to God. We're going to pray for the offering and then a video, and we're going to close in worship. So let's pray. God, again, we come before you. Thank you for the great God you are, knowing that you have a word for us, knowing that you that you speak to us. You're always speaking. You're always speaking. You're not silent in our lives. And God, you're not silent as a way when it comes to giving. You've called us, you've told us how we are to give each individual person and family and church. And so God asks that the money and resources that that is given, will you bless it tenfold for both churches, for both both serving the, the greater kingdom, Lord, not just locally, but the parts of the earth that we cannot go physically. God, you will bless it. We thank you for this time. God, I also pray for the worship at the end of the service that will be pleasing and honoring to you. You're a great God. Thank you, thank you. We lift up our country to you. We lift up our leaders from the, the top to the president, Lord, to the local leader, Lord. We lift our leadership to you. Let your will be done and your kingdom come here in our lives and in our country. There's all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week. this time in our service that normally we would take an offering plate like this one and we would pass it along the pews and we would collect our tithes and offerings. But we're unable to do that being in this virtual mode. But what we've done is we've set up an opportunity for you to give via text message. So if you grab your cell phone and you're from Bowie City Church, what we want you to do is we want you to text the word GIVE to 301-970-4565. If you're from First Christian Church, we want you to text the word GIVE to 301-970-3646. You'll then be given some prompts, a link to click on. And if you follow those links, it will take you to what essentially is our, our web page, giving page. And what we want you to do is to, to sign in, create an account, add your information, because then we can track your giving through the year uh, and provide you with a report at the end of the year. You only need to set up your account one time. After that, all you'll need to do on Sunday mornings when you come to, to, to worship to give your gifts, all you need to do is just text a number. So pick the number 20. You text 20 to one of those two numbers and $20 will be given to that church. So as we worship, as we close in worship now, just take this time to engage with God with your finances and to give back to Him what he's already given to you.